Hello, listeners. Uh, before we get on with today's show, we have a message from our supporters over at Mania Club. Established in 2015, Mania Club is a WWE-recognized community for people who love to talk about professional wrestling and who travel to events around the world. And during WrestleMania weekend, Mania Club hosts an annual world-renowned tailgate party. Connect with people, learn st- stuff from the locals, and rely on the members of the group to help you navigate through the craziness that is WrestleMania week. Not only that, Mania Club are an organization that is also focused on charity work and they successfully raised over ten thousand dollars for connor's cure this year amazing stuff indeed and you can join in on the action at wrestlemania weekend as they bring to you the only wwe sanctioned tailgate party located on lot 27 on metlife stadium before wrestlemania 35 the event will feature all you can eat barbecue all you can drink beer all you can drink soda a live dj a live podcast by the new age insiders raffle prizes and special guests Search Mania Club with a location set to New York on Eventbrite or alternatively join the Mania Club group on Facebook. We will also be posting links on our social media to this event and their group so you won't be able to miss it either. Search Mania Club on Eventbrite and buy your ticket today. Give me what I want. No. Give me what I want. Hell no. Give, give it to me. Give me your loyal listenership. I had no idea where that was going, gent- ladies and gentlemen. But welcome to the Holy Shoot podcast, a podcast that is all about the world of professional wrestling. Coming up on today's show, we'll be giving our thoughts on the best matches and moments in WrestleMania history, as well as the best WrestleManias in history. If that makes any sense to you right now. Plus, we'll be talking about our first WrestleManias as fans. But first, let me introduce you to the crew. Or actually, you know what? You can introduce yourselves. Hi, guys. It's Jason. Hey, guys. This is the almighty Chen. Sorry, I've been missing lately, but I'm back now. <laughs> just like t- just like you went to TNA. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, how are you all doing, guys? Yeah, pretty good. I'm struggling slightly with a cough, but I will be doing my best not to ruin the whole show. You do that on a weekly basis, Jason. Ah, ah, ah. Jen? I'm on the other hand, I'm kind of worried and stressed. I'm doing my best at work to suck up to so many people so I can get time off to go to... WrestleMania. Wait, that sound is so wrong. Suck off so many people. Oh, no. It's gone downhill again. <laughs> this podcast has gone downhill. Back, that didn't take long, did it? We, we had highbrow stuff of Jason's <laughs> podcast last week, and uh, and then you come along and just mention sucking people off to get to WrestleMania. That's news. That is news. Uh, you plan to go to Mania? I'm still trying to. So I really want to go this year, and yeah, it just. It doesn't look very likely will happen, but I'm still h- hoping. I'm just taking so many people's shifts, going the extra mile at work, you know. And if I don't go mania, I better get at least a pay rise or a promotion at least. But I'm still hoping and praying that I get to go. Yeah, yeah. Less prayers, more sucking off. I mean, sucking up, <laughs> sucking up, sucking up, sucking up. Anyway, um, 
on a more serious note, Jason, you want to talk about uh, uh, some feedback from the last edition of the pod. If you haven't checked it out, uh, episode 17, uh, where we did an interview with Heather Brandenburg, um, it's definitely, definitely worth checking out. I, I learned a hell of a lot uh, from that interview. So, Yeah, it was, it was cool to do something a little bit different for this show. We've had some, had some nice feedback from some of the people I know, and we had Pro Wrestling Eve also retweeting it and posting it out for us to try and get some additional coverage. I definitely recommend listening to it, and her book's going to be really cool when it comes out in July. Uh, so that's Unladylike by Heather Bandenberg. Definitely be worth looking at for that as well. Yeah, that's very good, Jason, and I will definitely be purchasing the book when it comes out in July. Anyway, uh, before we get into our main topic of discussion, we shall discuss the news right after this short break. So, the news. Mm. Anyway, uh, let's start with the fact that more matches were added to WrestleMania 35's uh, card this week as Kurt Angle is set to have his last match uh, to be against Baron Corbin. Mm. And Samoa Joe will defend his US Championship against Rey Mysterio. Chen, since you're a Baron Corbin apologist, um, what what are your thoughts on him being the person to face Kurt Angle in his retirement match? Honestly, first of all, I I do deserve... I do think that Baron Corbin does need to be, like, on the upper card of WrestleMania. I'm that much... I have that much... I have that much faith in his ability to put on an amazing match, an amazing show, and I think he deserves it since he, since he was on the spotlight on this whole year since the last WrestleMania to, to the current road to wrestlemania that being said i am very very surprised that they chose baron corbin to be kurt angle's last opponent um, who do you think it'd be I, I thought it would be someone like a face like a finn balor or hmm. maybe even johnny gargano oh wow yeah wow. i mean he, he's competing at takeover spoilers um but yeah i don't think it would have been gargano i thought it'd been john cena and uh i guess not and i, I thought oh if john cena's not facing cut angle you'll face Samoa joe and uh guess not again it would be Rey mysterio so yeah it, it's a very odd one uh I, I i mean i disagree with you that he deserves to be up in the upper main card i think he needs to improve in the ring um there's no doubt that he gets heel heat and the backlash has just been hilarious. Um, according to Justin Labar, I think as well that uh, John Cena, uh, sorry, um, Baron Corbin's not going to be the guy to face Kurt Angle, and this is going to be set up for a swerve. But I think I think he might. They might add more people to this match. Why? Another, I don't know. But what? when I first heard this match, I thought I thought about Kurt Angle's career at WWE. He's mostly been their heel. And he's going to probably put another hill over when he does the job to Baron Corbin. Maybe that's the only reason it made sense to me. No, uh, there won't be. It'll definitely be one-on-one. But anyway. Um, you think Angle can have go on for so long on a one-on-one match? Think about uh, it. If the uh, match keep, is 20 minutes. Keep it, 
He, he did WrestleMania, and that was like 20 minutes last year. I mean, okay, it was Wait, a tag match. That was a tag match, yeah. But, you know. Smoke and Mirrors last year. This isn't going to go more than 10 minutes. I wouldn't worry. It's great, it's great hits of Kurt Angle. I will say this, though. Baron Corbin's better than Kurt Angle right now. So, you know, I, I don't care if that gets hate. It's just true. Anyway, uh, speaking Can of I WrestleMania. Just say, you guys are so lucky that you're going to be at Mania to see Baron Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> you sarcastic. You know how much jealous. <laughs> I'm so jealous right now. Uh, yeah, fuck. Nah, I mean, I, I, I'm looking forward to the rest of the card. I'll say that. And whoever Kurt Angle's last opponent is, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, seeing him in action in his last match as well. It doesn't really matter what uh, he is now. It's just you know respect to everything he's done in his career. Anyway, let's move on. So, speaking of WrestleMania, the show is set to be 17 hours. I mean, I'm sorry, I meant 17 matches long this year. Uh, what do we think of this? It's crazy. I'm, I'm just waiting to see how it settles down. Are they going to combine some of these matches? How many are confirmed now? I mean, everyone's saying Not 17 because of the feuds, but how many have actually been locked down? So, uh, Cage Side Seats did a very good uh, article on all the matches. So, we have Lynch. Charlotte Rousey, that's one. Uh, we we have... don't need to list a full 17, Brad. We'll be here all day. Uh, well, you know, go to Cage Side Seats. They have a tremendous article that came I'm, out. I was just wondering if it, it, it total have been confirmed. Nine. So we've got nine confirmed. Okay. Cause I'm, just, I'm expecting some, let's combine everyone into a tag team match player type scenario. And this does not include the WWE title match and Roman Reigns as well as the Women's Battle Royals. So yeah. And only nine confirmed of what's actually happening. And, uh, yeah. Also, I forgot to mention they announced the Cruiserweight Championship match as well last night. But I don't really care to talk about that because I don't like Tony Nese. That anyway. That include the pre-show then, right? What? The 17 matches would include all the pre-show matches. Yeah, yeah. It would include the pre-show. I can imagine they might even put four matches on the pre-show. Yeah. Three. So. They'll probably put the two Battle Royals first and then a couple of... The Cruiserweight title match will go on there and then... Yeah. I don't know, something crap like the Raw Tag Team titles, if they put that on the line. Or Asuka could be relegated to the pre-show. You could imagine them doing that. Yeah. I don't blame them, to be honest. I mean, there's just nothing good outside of Asuka in that SmackDown Women's Division at the moment. But that's uh, another debate for another time. Um, I'd say nothing good, nothing on her level. I should correct myself there. Anyway, lastly, AJ Styles got a new dog. Oh, and he signed a contract extension with WWE. Um, is this the right move for Styles? Chen? Um, I think so, because one, he's just trying to do what he can to cement himself in his wrestling legacy, let's just say. Yeah. And I'm, you know, like, WWE is, when you think wrestling, you think WWE, and he's just doing whatever he can to become more of a legend in that company i'd believe but also he's got bargaining power i mean he's friends with the young bucks so obviously wwe will give him much better contract much better stipulations like less dates and everything and i think like with the young bucks and aew he can join whenever he wants but you can only produce you can only still perform in the WWE at a certain age, and depending how good you are. Um, and maybe he has other goals he wants to accomplish in WWE, like close WrestleMania, maybe? Yeah, good luck with that. Um, 
No, I mean, I, I, I joke. I mean, I don't blame him for having an aspiration at all. It's just, you know, his, his title reign last year was treated like crap, even though it was a year long. Um, yeah, I think it's the right move for him. You know, you probably make more money still with WWE as a top player um, heading forward. And, you know, that Saudi Arabia money is going to pay for a lot of stuff as well. So Also the TV money. This is the right time to be negotiating a contract with the Fox deal and everything. Yeah, so he's the first. I think he's the first big name that's had their contract come up. So it'd be interesting how much money he's got out of them for this. Oh, guys, I got a bigger name just just come through. Sinkara. Ooh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I joke. I joke. Anyway, that that wraps up the news. After this quick ad break, we'll be discussing our favourites of WrestleMania. Hey, you. If you like the podcast, then remember to like the Holy Shoe Wrestling Podcast on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Holy Shoe Pod. Do it! Do it now! Since it is WrestleMania season and the showcase of the Immortals is less than three weeks away, and I'm going to humble brag. Uh, because I'm going to it. Uh, <laughs> we thought it'd be a great idea to discuss some of the greatest moment matches and moments in WrestleMania history. So let's just uh, start with best matches. Which one of you guys want to go first? Uh, what do you think is like your best? What is the best match in your opinion? What is the best match, Jason? Let's go first. I'm going to probably go back further, and then we can change and bring out some more recent ones. So I thought that three matches it really stood out. I don't know if you want. I'll, I'll give you one afterwards, maybe. But it's like if I choose like the three, it's mm-hmm. Savage, Savage, and Steamboat at WrestleMania three. It's the match that you can still watch today, and it still holds up. Um, I've got Bret Hart versus Steve Austin from WrestleMania thirteen because great intensity in terms of starting the Attitude Era, and both of those two are great names. And then I went to WrestleMania twenty four for HBK versus Flair. Maybe not. The most amazing wrestling match is still really good, but it's more for the emotion in that match. Those were the three that stood out for me. So here's a funny thing. My favorite WrestleMania match of all time is the one you mentioned from WrestleMania 24, Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair. Not because it's the best, because I think the best is Undertaker Shawn Michaels at Mania 25. And we'll go into that in a bit more detail. But yeah, that Michaels Flair match is just so emotional. That I'm sorry, I love you moment. Yeah, that's... Damn. That's, that makes grown men cry when they watch it today, I think. <laughs> it's just one of those moments. And they, they, yeah. they try to do it. It's probably because they tried some stuff, but Flair couldn't quite do it anymore. There was a couple of like moments where they went for classic spots and he couldn't quite get to it. But that actually added to the match. Oh, shows, yeah. You know, it was that, that last match he was having, just trying to put it out there. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it showed his age, but not in a way that was mocking. It was just, you know, he he is great, but... You know, he's not that great man that he used to be. And it's just like one last showcase before he, before he went to TNA. Um, but yeah, Chen, what what do you think is the best match in WrestleMania history out of curiosity? So I got five. Ooh. I, I mean, I also had five, but I haven't listed all mine yet. But go um, on. So number five would be Benoit versus Triple H versus HBK at WrestleMania 20. Yep, and then my my fourth pick would be um, Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle Ooh, at WrestleMania that... nineteen. Yep. Number three would be uh, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte versus Sasha Banks at WrestleMania thirty two. Very nice. 
number two would be the TLC at WrestleMania 17. Classic. And number one would be the first um, HBK versus Undertaker match at WrestleMania. Oh, see, um, that's my number two match. Uh, just to just to give you my top five, Brock Lesnar cut angle was my number five match. By the way, Re- the first ever Money in the Bank at WrestleMania 21 was number four, and I have yet another ladder match. I'm a ladder match enthusiast. People, uh, Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon uh, from WrestleMania 10, uh, which is before my fandom. Um, yeah, that I thought I include that one in there because I think it kickstarted all the ladder matches we see in WWE that I know and love today. So if I didn't mention that, I wouldn't be doing uh, ladder matches justice in general. So I had to mention that one. But yeah, I, I, I want to talk about the WrestleMania 32 match. I, I'm, I, I mean, it's a very good match, but did deserve. To, I mean, do you really consider it one of the best in Mania history? I'm curious. Yeah, I do because Why? like. I don't know because I I've always been a f- I follow their careers very very closely since mm-hmm. they were in NXT and then like I ha- I went with this women's match with no expectations or nothing like that but I thought that night they they had the best night the best match of that WrestleMania it just blew my mind away I never wanted that match to stop Yeah I remember watching that match um and I was thinking oh man the card is only going to go up from here. This WrestleMania is incredible, and it stopped after that match. <laughs> it was actually, it was actually a, on that match. I was like, "Yeah," I actually said to myself, "Soon women will main event WrestleMania." I could see it so happening. Mm. Mm. Chan, you you're predicting a lot there, uh, Jason. Did you want to talk about um, just speaking about an iconic match, uh, WrestleMania three, Steamboat Savage? Yeah, just before you go, and Chen, I don't think I'd put the women's match in my list, but that you selected, but it's got to be the best women's match on Mania history to date. So oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. By far. Yeah. By so, far. So, so, Savage v. Steamboat. So this is the first classic um, WrestleMania match, when you think about it, in terms of a match that was so good, people go back and still watch it. It was a build-up for quite a while, with Savage being such a complete sort of bastard as a heel. Um but if you watch the match, it just holds up. You could put this on this year's WrestleMania and you would still think it was a quality match. Very few matches from that time period have that. Mm. Um, and everyone played their part really well in terms of, like, you watch these guys in the ring. They stole the show. Everyone, everyone knows, like, Hulk and Andre was the headliner, but this one stole the entire show. And it's the one that people talk about. Yeah, it's the one that true wrestling fans definitely talk about. And it is the one that set the trend for, I don't know, just... It is a benchmark of all WrestleMania matches, to be fair. I, I don't even know why I didn't include this in my top five. I mean, I've seen that match. I love that match. Um, I think I, the interesting part about it, I don't know if you guys realize this, Savage was very particular about his matches. They scripted mm. this match move for move. Um, oh, yeah. Some people say there's a slight detraction from it because it's not just feeling it in the ring like some of the other matches we've mentioned. But I don't know. I still think you wouldn't know that unless you were told, and not everyone knows that information. But apparently, they practiced this quite a bit to get this amazing match. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely fine. At the end of the day, it's all about the end product, and it doesn't matter how you get there as long as you get there. You know, like Eddie Guerrero is a complete opposite, for instance. You know, um, I remember a story with him and Matt Hardy. But anyway, I, I, I'm getting sidetracked. Uh, the one match I do really want to talk about is Undertaker Shawn Michaels, uh, particularly the WrestleMania 25 one, because that usually tops a lot of people's lists as the best match in WrestleMania history. Um, 
Can I just what check? Is, what, um, what do you think that is? Can I just check? Um, did you both choose the same one? Because they had the two matches, right? Are you both picking the first or the second? Uh, the first. I picked the first. Yeah, that's the WrestleMania first. 25. Yeah. Sorry, understood. Um, that, that is an amazing match. So yeah, I just wanted to clarify which one that was going to be. It's definitely one you can go back and watch. Um, mm. I think it's a funny one when is, is that the one that has there's a couple of moments that almost get a bit too real because they got a bit I don't know it's clunky or stiff or just a bit loose I don't know what the right word would be but isn't that one where they had the cameraman and undertaking really dies because the cameraman yeah. didn't catch him yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I mean Meltzer didn't give it five stars I think that's probably the moment that he was like I can't give it five stars but it should have got five stars from Meltz um, um, what headlined Mania that year because everyone knows Triple that was... H versus Randy Orton. Oh yeah, that was it. That, and that, was, that was a shame because if they made that a no DQ match, that would have worked really well. And but, to be honest, that yeah. Triple H Randy Orton match that had a great build up. I yeah, thought. exactly. I thought it was a fantastic build up. Um, that was a match I was most excited for, not Taker versus Michaels. I don't yeah. know why, um, but I should have trusted my instinct and you know Taker Taker Michaels. You put those two together, magic always happened. They they did that at Royal Rumble year previous. They've done it, of course, in the 90s. Uh, that Hell in a Cell match, obviously, with it's got to be Kane. I can't do Vince McMahon today. I'm sorry, guys. Um, uh, but, yeah, oh, th- them two are fantastic. I think the 26 matches are also really good, and I love the ending of it, but the 25 one is just something else. It is exceptional. It is exceptional. It this is... goes back mm-hmm. to... I think the reason it's so good is because it's the same reason why I like the triple threat women's match as one of my favorites, because no one really had expectations. No one knew what to expect. And like I said, especially for that WrestleMania, everyone was focused on Orton and Triple H. Yeah. Storyline wise. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And it, I think it was because up to that point, the Divas Revolution was kind of shit. Uh, if I'm going to be blunt. Like it was kind of that piece there, that piece there. And the first time that I really started to buy into it, I'm just talking from my personal perspective, was the Royal Rumble uh, two, two, three months prior, um, where it was Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch for the then grossly titled Divas Championship. And it was a really good match with a really bad ending, but it was a really good match up until that point. And um, that was the first time that I really started buying into this um, women, you know, uh, to my shame, I hasten to add, but women, you know, potentially being equals in the ring and surpassing men at the same time. And I think that triple threat really opened that gateway. And yeah, it but took them a long time, but they're, they're, they're finally getting there now. But like I said, no one had any expectations for that match. Just like mm-hmm. going back to The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, the first one. I don't even remember the storyline, now that I think about it, why they were Sh- fighting. Shawn Michaels won a tournament face The Undertaker. Oh, yes, yes. He, oh, yeah, I remember for one, for like, for like a period of time, for like two months, he was JBL's um, assistant or something now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. He, he, was... wrapped up, he wrapped up financial troubles and uh, JBL tried to buy his way to the world title by hiring Shawn Michaels as a re- his referee. And then Shawn Michaels was free, and then Shawn Michaels won a tournament, beating Vladimir Kozlov in the final. How the hell do I remember all this crap? But now, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. There was not much build-up to The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, the first one. There was yeah. such a big build-up to the second one, but the first one, uh, I don't remember him being vested in the story that much at the time. Everyone, it was just that, oh, 
you know, with the Undertaker who gets to face him and try to end his streak. That's been half his half his stories for half his matches at WrestleManias. Right? Yeah. yeah, agreed, agreed. So, um, does anyone want to speak about anything else in terms of matches um, that we've raised? No, I've got some matches that probably tie into more moments, but then definitely not the yeah. greatest match. I would... Um, so I did, I, one match I would like to talk about is the Batista versus John Cena. Uh, WrestleMania twenty six. Yeah, yeah, I thought I thought that was a great match, and um, in my opinion, that would be my number six because I was I remember seeing them two both debut, both becoming champions at the same time for the company, and both representing their brands mm. to the best. Obviously. We always knew John Cena was number one and Batista was number two because John Cena did the egg went career wise he always went the extra mile did the whole make a wish and everything like that. But just seeing them two finally clash on the bigger stage, I thought was pretty epic. Yeah, it was a. I mean, it was a really good feud, and it, I mean, it led to the Batista Batista uh, quote unquote quitting the company, but. Um, yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed their feud, and they, Batista and Cena always had like good in-ring chemistry. I really enjoyed their matches. I know they weren't the best workers, but they always put on like a brawl, which is which is a style that I kind of miss in today's wrestling. I feel. And uh, I just, I, I was just interested in their character as well. You know, John mm. Cena playing to the crowd, and Batista saying, "I do this for money and everything. That's all I care about." Ah, the spotlight. Money. Spotlight, yeah. spotlight, no fucks given. Batista was absolutely awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I see. I mean, I, I wouldn't put it in my top ten, but I understand why you rate it so highly in terms of its character work and uh, just the style of match and its, you know, the name value as well. Like, I understand why you put it in your top ten. Um, but yeah, cool. So, shall we just move on to best moments then? Yep. Yep. Let's go. Like, Sweet. Like, should I give you some of my moments? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, I, t- I tell you what we do, guys. Shall we like uh, rattle off our moment, our top five, six moments? I have six apparently, uh, but shall we rattle off our top five, six moments and just go into a deep dive? Sound yeah. good? Yep. So, cool. I mean, my moments are basically going to be hard to explain as a sort of one-liner, but we can go into them. So, moments that stand out for me: Jake Roberts, Rick Martel, the end of the blindfold match. The gimmick battle roll from WrestleMania 17, and also the Jericho and Christian storyline with Trish from WrestleMania 20. Oh wow, three I did not expect. Yeah, uh, three I did not expect. I do. I tell you what, I am fan of two of those. But uh, Chen, what are your favourite moments? So one of them was being when it was um, Triple H versus Sting, and both DX and the NWO came out. Oh. Hmm. And then another one that happened at that WrestleMania was Rollins cashing in yep. his money in the bank. Uh, another one uh, is what happened at WrestleMania 18, the stare down between Hogan and The Rock, where they're both looking to the crowd. I thought that was epic. Yep. And for me, I think one of the biggest shockers at WrestleMania that people don't really talk about, but at the time was so big, was the handshake between Vince McMahon and Stone Cold Steve Austin at Ooh. WrestleMania 17? Yeah, no, that those are good. Those I, are great choices. 
I have seven, two of those you've already mentioned, but uh, I'll just briefly write them off. Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit's Embrace at WrestleMania 20. I don't like mentioning Benoit, so I'll just keep it at that. Uh, Rollins Money in the Bank, Heist of the Century, WrestleMania 31. Brilliant. Daniel Bryan's Victory, The Miracle Kid, The Miracle Kid, Miracle on Bourbon Street at WrestleMania 30. Also from WrestleMania 30, I can't believe you guys forgot this, Undertaker's streak ending. The shock and the silence of the crowd uh, was amazing. Uh, one for one for you, Jason. One for the Golden Oldies. Savage and Miss Elizabeth reunite at WrestleMania 7. Uh, I'm sorry I love you. Shawn Michaels to Ric Flair at WrestleMania 24, which we already discussed. And one that also Chen also mentioned, Hogan and Rock stare down at WrestleMania 18. Oh, speaking of Hogan, uh, I want to add the beginning of Hogan, Rock and Stone Cold at WrestleMania 30. Just seeing them three in the ring together. Ah, so, yeah. Uh, that was a good moment, even though he yeah. fucked up. The, even though he fucked up yeah. the name of the stadium. That's what made it better. That's what made it better, in my opinion. <laughs> to be fair, the oh, fact yeah. that he laughed it off was brilliant. Uh, yeah. uh, I, kudos to him. I deliberately went for moments what I figured you guys wouldn't go for, and also they are some of them might be a bit funny, but I went for moments I I remember them because they brought me a lot of joy. So yeah. So similar to your Hulk Hogan one, there just like things you remember, just things that really stood out. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I really did enjoy the Chris Jericho, Christian, uh, Trish Stratus storyline. That was like... Yeah, and it was a good match. Like, it was definitely a good match, those two good workers, but it was the build to get there. And yeah. that, when Trish slaps Jericho, she slaps him so hard. And it's her acting. Up until that point, she's Trish Stratus. She's a good girl, you know, lovely person. Everything she did in facial and her body, mannerisms, everything... And she just turns in a second and becomes a bitch. And she does it so well. And just yeah. And then her and Christian have that messy kiss and all that. And it's just oh. the way they, Jericho's heartbroken. It's so well done. I loved it. I thought that was brilliant. And I mean, the, the beauty of WrestleMania is not in its matches, but its moments, in my opinion, and the fact that we've got so many to talk about. But the WrestleMania 17 job of Royale. I love that as well. I thought that was terrific. Yeah, I, I rewatched it today because I think we've spoken about this off, off air about how I don't, I'm not really a fan of battle royales and they're kind of a waste of time and just hitting each other with forearms. But the gimmick battle raw, half of the actual runtime was just watching all of them come to the ring, and that's part of the fun. And then they then they eliminate everyone quickly, and Mean Gene and Bobby make some jokes, and it's just fun. That's yeah. I think it. I think it really does help a battle royal when they have entrances. I mean, not to get too sidetracked, but the evolution battle royal. I think what made that really fun was actually just seeing all the people past, present, come down to the ring and just be celebrated. And I think that was. I think that was also part of the beauty of the gimmick battle royal too. Um, yeah, I'm surprised you didn't go Savage and Miss Elizabeth though, Jason. Though. I don't know. I wanted to get my list short. I went for free, and I was a massive Jake Roberts fan as a kid. And you know, the Rick, the Modern Martel blinded him in a really sort of classic old school WWF storyline. And Jake was wearing the contact lenses, so then they had this blindfold match at Mania where they couldn't see each other. And it's all about Jake using the crowd to help him work out where Rick is and finally catching him. It's a pretty crap match, but it's not meant to be a good. It's not meant to be a Meltzer five star match. It's a moment. It's about getting everyone involved and behind Jake. So that one stood out to me more than Matt, Joe, and Liz. Yeah. Chen, we have two on the same list. Uh, the Money in the Bank cash in from Seth Rollins and the Hogan Rock stare down. Do you want to... I w- so here's, here's the context, people, uh, for you new to the show. Um, and spoiler for the upcoming segment, but my first WrestleMania was actually WrestleMania 21. So I missed out on the entire Attitude Era. So 
in 2002 when Hogan and Rock had that stare down at WrestleMania, what what was going through your mind as a fan then, Chen? So I got into wrestling. Just a just a quick background. I got into wrestling during the Attitude Era, mm-hmm. right? But I remember still like my cousins and even my brother at the time. Surprisingly, used to watch wrestling during the Hogan era. But so I knew who Hulk Hogan was and how big he was, right? Yeah. Um. But I, at that time, like I said, I couldn't get into wrestling. I say uh, back then because wrestling, I just thought it was so slow and everything like that. Mm. So when Hogan came back to the WWE in general, first of all, that was a big deal. I thought like it made me so excited because, like I said, not only did I get into wrestling during the Attitude Era, I I did follow WCW very well at the same time. Mm. So seeing the NWO come to the WWE, that whole storyline, I was so, so excited. And, you know, like, when the match was made, Hogan versus The Rock and the whole build-up, during that time, even though Hogan was here, I was like, I still love this guy. Wait, who do I cheer for? (laughs) Right? So there's two of my favorite wrestlers going going at it. And I was was so shocked when, when that match happened at WrestleMania with the stare down, but the whole crowd was once pretty much one-sided, cheering for the Hogan. Yeah. And that's what I just remember. I was like, wow, kind of thing. Like, just hearing the crowd being so one-sided. He stole the crowd, the rock... didn't he? Yeah. He stole the crowd from the rock. Yeah, I, I gotta say, that is... I know, I know they're supposed to be cheering the rock, but that is the best fucking crowd in WrestleMania history. Hands yeah. down. Just, just for that match and that match alone, because they I'm... took... They took something that was already going to be electric and they amplified it by a million. It was insane. And like, uh, so one of the bit, or another big moment in that match was like the Hogan when he hulks up. Like, let's oh, be honest, I never really, yes. I, yeah, like I never really like cared about when he like I don't, you know, I just thought it was a stupid thing. But that night, the crowd just made it seem like, oh my god, this is the most amazing thing. He's powering up. He's going to the next level. Like, you know? But when you think about it, we hadn't seen him do that for yeah. many years, because he'd been a heel for a long time you know, in WCW, so he hadn't... I guess he'd done a bit of hulking up, because they did the back and forward in WCW, but yeah, to have him in front of an actual crowd that cared and hulking up, it'd been a few years. Mm. And not only that, it was just Hogan coming back home to the WWE and at WrestleMania, being at WrestleMania. The thing that was pretty much created around him. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, uh, it led to uh, one of the... I I don't really want to go too much into it because it will lead into best WrestleMania, which we'll touch base on upon in a second. But it it kind of leads into that Hogan-Vince storyline at WrestleMania 19. Mm, Spoilers. Um, Briefly, because I think we both had this on on our list, and then we'll just move on. But the Rollins Money in the Bank cash-in at WrestleMania 31. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. That that was so big because even during the main event, like um, all I remember from that match, like was Suplex City, bitch. Yeah, I I don't know. I think that was a before Rollins came in. Even then, I thought that was a pretty good main event. It was really physical. I think Reigns got busted open. One of them got busted open. Yeah, Brock Lesnar blade, bladed himself. Um, oh yeah, I remember being very very physical, but. Off the top of my head, I don't really remember anything memorable apart from that line, Suplex City, bitch. I think Suplex... And that's when, and that's also why I kind of hate it because after that, 
Brock's gimmick became suplexes. Uh, actually, that came uh, before the, the previous year's SummerSlam against John Cena, which is True. one. Of my- which is one of my favorite matches of all time, but uh, <laughs> it's kind of why I'm a Brock Lesnar mark. It's just after that, I was just like, I don't fucking care. That was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Um, but joking aside, when Seth Rollins cashed in, because I remember just, I didn't want Reigns to win. Not because it was Roman Reigns, I just think it was just like, oh, it's so obvious. And it was and too early for him, yeah. And I didn't hate Lesnar's WWE title reign like other people because they had other good storylines at that time, which is the difference between now and 2014-15. They had decent enough storylines to cover the fact that there was no proper main event scene. But it was just like, come on, let's have the WWE title back. And it was just... Rollins came out of nowhere, and I didn't even think about it. No one thought about the possibility of him cashing in, and it just happens. And, oh my God. I remember just... I remember being in the living room, and I, th- I think I woke up my mum just going, I just went, oh, my God. And my mum's like, what, what? And it was like, uh, it's wrestling. Don't worry. Don't worry. Just go bad to bed, mum. But, uh, yeah, I, I woke my mum up because of Seth Rollins' money back cashing. That's, that was a huge mark-out moment for me. I didn't oh, even like... Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Also, I just wanted to say, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but early on the night, I think that... RKO that Seth Rollins oh, received. That was, that was the best RKO I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, with the hands down, because I just did not see that one coming. Because yeah. it's, it's just like, oh, it's going to hit the curb, but what? It didn't hit the curb stomp. Yeah, that was amazing. That was amazing. So, sh- shall we move on to the topic of best WrestleMania, or do you guys want to raise any other moments quickly? I'll take that silence as we'll move on to what's our favorite WrestleMania of all time then. So, Chen, what is your favorite WrestleMania of all time? Uh, I think we all know it's gonna be seventeen for me. Because mm. that, that, yeah, that was pretty much the. Um, so I just started watching. I got into wrestling round about. Um, I would say the first WrestleMania I actually it was during the Hogan versus Mike um, Shawn Michaels. That was the time I got into wrestling. Uh, the first time I actually watched WrestleMania and I taped it was seventeen. Okay. So that was the first because, you know, before I couldn't, my parents wouldn't let me stay up or let let me order. And I didn't have Sky Sports or anything. So I couldn't really watch WrestleMania. And like just like with my friends, they could their parents wouldn't let them. And my parents wouldn't let me buy any wrestling videotapes or VHS at the time. Um, so but I managed to get my, one of my friends managed to record it. Seventeen. Two days later, he gave it to me. I watched it. First time I ever watched a WrestleMania show. And I loved everything about it. Mm. Uh, since, since we're going to be on the and topic... Can of... I just say, yep. can I just say, at that time, obviously, Raw happens on a Monday and SmackDown ha- happened on... Uh, it was happening on, I think, Thursday. Tuesday. It happens on Thursday, but it got recorded oh, yeah. on yeah. Tuesday, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. this was like start of internet era so i wouldn't know what would happen on raw or anything like that there was no spoilers or nothing and unless i tuned into friday night raw because raw at that time was on sky sports showing on sky sports on friday nights as smackdown uh, happened on saturdays i, I remember yeah i remember saturday morning waking up to smackdown so yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's what made it even better i didn't know what was gonna happen i, I had no idea what the results were kind of thing and i told my friends not to tell me kind of thing 
Well, we'll we'll talk more about uh, your first WrestleMania in the next segment because you know that was your first WrestleMania, and we don't want to ruin that segment now, do we, Chen? Wink, no, wink. no, uh, no. Pre- preview for later. We'll talk about more about WrestleMania 17. Uh, Jason, what was your favorite WrestleMania of all time? No WrestleMania is perfect. That's what I think I've realized looking through these and trying to pick out one as my favorite. Um, I, I'm looking at WrestleMania 14. Ooh. One, because it's Stone Cold v. Shawn Michaels in the main event with Mike Tyson as the special ref. And that's a big spectacle match. And what that means in terms of the money that was going into Steve Austin. You also had The Undertaker v. Kane on the mm. undercard. And... One, probably my favourite tag match from a WrestleMania, which was Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie versus the New Age Outlaws. Oh, that match is awesome. The dumpster match. So that, because of those three, the rest of the card isn't that brilliant, but that's why so I go with that. Um, there's a couple of other ones that stood out to me. I think WrestleMania 24 might be the best for overall mix. Because mm. you've got an amazing main event for the title between Undertaker and Edge. You've got your showcase celebrity match, the best one they ever did with Floyd, Money, Mayweather and Big Show. You've got the Shawn Michaels-Rick Flair match that we talked about. The, and then you've also got CM Punk winning an amazing Money in the Bank match. Yep. So it's like it's hard to pick one because of those two. But I guess I'd go 14 because of what it meant to the industry. But there's a few other good ones as well. It's hard to pick one. So uh, this one will shock you but uh, because I mentioned it earlier. But WrestleMania 19 is actually what I consider to be not only the best WrestleMania, but it's my favorite WrestleMania. Um, for me... Angle versus Lesnar is a terrific main event. Uh, shooting star press box aside. The Vince McMahon versus Hulk Hogan storyline and how that culminated in a hell of a no-holes-barred match was just absolutely fun and fantastic. Rock and Austin, their last match together. Steve Austin's last match. Uh, great ending. The Rock finally getting his victory over Austin. Jericho, Shawn Michaels stealing the show. You know, those four matches in itself, you don't need the rest of the card, even though it had a great Cruiserweight Championship match between Rey Mysterio and Matt Hardy too. Um, the only letdown was a handicap match between Undertaker, Big Show and A-Train, but apart from that, uh, and also Triple H beating Booker T was a bad decision. Good match though, on the other hand. Good match. But on the whole, by far, this is my favourite WrestleMania. I enjoyed the shit out of this show, and I really wish I was a fan in 2003 uh, because I think it would mean that more, much more to me. What I always love about that show is that they completely rewrite history and all the flashbacks and Nathan Jones doesn't exist and it wasn't a tag match, it was always a handicap match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember. Cheers, Jason. Cheers. <laughs> you know, don't mention all the greatness that happens at WrestleMania 19. Just your favourite moment. No, but he, he, still feeds, he, he, st- he still makes an appearance in the match like right yeah, at the end, right? right? At the end. Yeah, yeah, right at the end. He couldn't even hit a big boot properly, bless him. He, he did all right for himself. He appeared in Mad Max Fury Road, so it's all good. Yeah, he's a he's a movie... No, I wouldn't say a movie star, but he's, his acting career is doing all right, I heard. Yeah, yeah no, it's better than Triple H's acting career. I've yeah. seen The Chaperone. It's terrible. Um, we're getting sidetracked. So, yeah, that wraps up our discussion of what we think is the best of WrestleMania. So... Um, Great discussion, guys. And before we move on next week, we'll be doing the very worst of WrestleMania, which is something I'm really looking forward to as a person who loves absolute shit shows and shitting all over them. But anyway, after this quick break, we'll be talking about our first WrestleManias as fans.
This podcast is affiliated with the WWL Meetup Group. WWL or Watch Wrestling London get together with many fans to watch pay-per-view replays on Monday nights and attend live events across London, be it WWE, Progress, Rev Pro, Eve and many more. It's a great way to watch wrestling with friendly people and all are welcome to join. You can find out more at WatchWrestling.London or just Google Watch Wrestling London and you'll find the Meetup page. We all remember our first time, unless you're absolutely off your... Fa- oh, wait, wrong, wrong topic. Wrong topic of conversation. Anyway, poor joke aside, we all remember our first WrestleMania, and I thought it would be fun to talk about our first Mania experience as a fan. Did you watch a DVD? Did you watch it live on pay-per-view? Did you watch it on VHS like Chen? Or did you actually attend WrestleMania itself? Spoiler, none of us did the latter, but we really wish we did. So, guys... Um, what was the first WrestleMania you remember watching? I'm going to go to you, Chan, because you blew your load early all over the place in our last segment. Um, what can I say? I was nervous. It was my first time. Okay. <laughs> like a virgin. I, I can't do Madonna. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I've ruined this segment already. This is supposed to be like a fun yet serious segment, and I fucked it up. But sorry, Chan. Uh, WrestleMania 17 is your first WrestleMania, right? Yep. Okay, cool. Um, so you saw VHS. Uh, you know, you didn't have spoilers at the time, uh, which is really nice. And I was 11 years old, so everything was so edgy back then with wrestling. So, like, everything just looked so bloody awesome. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, wrestling was fucking awesome then anyway. In 2001, it was at its peak of popularity. So, um, just briefly... And also- so I think like uh, now that I remember it, I, when I was eleven, there was a it was there, it was back then when I first started hearing like wrestling was fake and everything like that. But <laughs> I didn't believe it. Uh, oh, dude. Uh, I uh, didn't actually believe it. Like people say, "Oh yeah, did you watch this documentary that came out on Channel Five about the review of the secret business of wrestling and how it's fake?" But I just didn't believe it or anything at the time. I was too strong-headed. Chen, Chen, just remain a child at heart. That's all I can yeah. say. Jason, speaking about being a child at heart, um, what was your first WrestleMania, dude? Yeah, so I go back quite a bit ways before that. So WrestleMania 3 came out in 1987. I wouldn't have watched it then. It must have been a few years later. I must have been about eight, nine years old, so like 90, around around 1990, I'm sure. But my friend Michael Bedo had some wrestling VHS. I don't know how we got into this. I just remember he had WrestleMania 3 on VHS and watching it quite a few times at his place. That was the one. He had a few other wrestling tapes, but that's the one I remember. So I was watching all of WrestleMania 3, which is the iconic one. Obviously, that start really got WrestleMania rolling and sort of making it that big annual tradition. So that that was my one. Okay, cool. Um, mine was WrestleMania 21 from 2005. Uh, just some slight context. Became a fan not long after WrestleMania 20 in 2004. It was actually the week of uh, the draft in 2004 uh, where Kurt Angle became GM of SmackDown. Yeah, there you go. That was the first ever segment I watched. But um, yeah, so I at this point, in my fandom, I already knew that wrestling was fake anyway. I knew it was fake before I was even a fan. 
but I just fell in love with it. So with WrestleMania 21, I already knew the results, but it was the case my mum bought me the DVD three months later, and that was the first WrestleMania I watched. But I thought it was a fantastic build. I love the fake film trailers they had for it. I remember. Oh, yeah, because they're doing oh, like a Hollywood right, yeah. theme, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's WrestleMania Goes Hollywood. So the, the set was stunning as well because it was a red carpet sort of set and it had like... God, how old were you at this point? I was 12, 13. Okay. The thing with WrestleMania is it either happens just before or just after my birthday because WrestleMania weekend usually happens around my birthday like this year. Um, I'm going to be turning 27 in... Uh, when takeover happens so i'm very excited to be there for my 27th birthday um only a couple of weeks i'm sure the crowd will sing you happy birthday when you're oh there. i i make sure pete dunn will fucking see it for me mate or else i'll break <laughs> his fingers off and take his uk title and hand it off to walter i'm sure elias will come out with his guitar to just to sing you a song <laughs> okay i don't want elias i want eric bugenhagen mate but anyway we're getting off track we're talking about wrestlemania my first wrestlemania is a fan Thank you, Chen. But yeah, the fo- the faux film trailers also made it for me with Austin doing Gladiator, Eddie and Booker doing Pop Fiction, Stacey Keebler doing Basic Instinct. They were all just, there were like nine in total and they're all amazing. And the card had some fantastic matches too. And it was Batista and John Cena's first ever title victories. So You know what I think about WrestleMania 21? Yeah. I think Kurt Angle's best ever match. And that was with Shawn Michaels. Kurt Angle's best of a match. That is a good... <laughs> that is good for another segment at another time because I've got a few to dis- that could potentially disagree with you there, but it is definitely one of his best. Definitely one of his best. Angle Michaels was fantastic. Um, yeah. I also really like the fact it's the first ever Money in the Bank. Um, Legend vs. Legend Killer as well. Taker vs. Orton was fantastic. Um, and Piper's Pit with Steve Austin. People forget about that. So, you know. And I also thought it was quite poetic that Batista and John Cena became world champions. And then 15 years later, they're both Hollywood superstars after the theme was WrestleMania Goes Hollywood. I thought that was I mean, quite I thought that was quite coincidental. They're good WrestleManias, but they don't have a hair versus hair match on them. So, you know. Uh, I, I tell you what, I came close to putting WrestleMania 20 just for Victoria versus Molly Holly. Uh, so I'm, I'm referring to Roddy Woody Piper versus Adrian Adonis from WrestleMania 3. <laughs> that's one of the ones I remember because it's just the absurdity of it and also celebrity guests we had J- Jake the Snake Roberts as I said one of my favourites with Alice Cooper in his corner taking on oh, the honky tonk man that is great some great stuff going on there I, lo- I love Alice Cooper it was quite a f- it's definitely like looking back those are the things that I remember Steamboat Savage honky tonk Jake Roberts the Rowdy Woody Piper and Brutus Beefcake turning face to help shave his head and of course that main event I think the three great things about our favorite WrestleMania is just things I noticed is that it has that one, at least one classic match in the case of both my one and WrestleMania 21 between Angle and Shawn Michaels and your one, Jason, WrestleMania 3. I mean, you have two, essentially. You have, uh, of course, Steamboat Savage, the wrestling purist one, and, you know, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant, arguably the most iconic match in wrestling history as well. So, you know, you have two. And then, of course... WrestleMania 17, top to bottom, what a fantastic card. Yeah, definitely agree Agree on those ones. Um, I'm trying to think, like, looking at WrestleMania 3 and looking for anything else I'd want to highlight on it, but I think those are the main ones. I'm looking outside of those. I don't remember much of it, to be honest, but there were some good... They had the classics. You had the Hart Foundation and loads of other cool guys on there. 
Oh, I, here's my personal highlight of WrestleMania 21. And I mean, not really. The first and only ever sumo match in WWE history. I'm trying to think about it. Was there any other sumo matches? I th- it's the only one in WrestleMania history. I think Yokozuna and Earthquake did some, but in the build-up to like some other shows, it was never on Mania. But they, they, I think they might have had the only other WWF sumo matches. Yeah. But you're right, not on WrestleMania. Yeah, I, I did. My mind just actually think we said Yokozuna and Earthquake to WCW when Hogan and Big Show had that one with the monster trucks on the roof. Oh, where where Big Show died? They <laughs> <laughs> came back to life half an hour later, <laughs> unscarred. Um. Also, with WrestleMania 21. Yeah. Right. Um. That was wait. I think that was two things I remember. Apart from two things, another two things I also remember is um, yep. it's the Undertaker and Randy Orton match. And yeah. Randy Orton had the whole legend killer gimmick going on, right? So I actually thought he would be the first one to end the streak. Yeah. I really believed he would do it. And I think when I look back on the term RKO out of nowhere, I could have. I think it started with the Undertaker. That's when you know an Undertaker went to choke slam Randy Orton, but then he reversed it into an RKO. That's why I remember seeing the first time Randy Orton counter something and just like come out with an RKO out of nowhere. I think you might be right. Actually, I'm trying to remember an RKO before that. That was that exceptional. Yeah. But yeah, I remember that. I remember watching that, thinking, oh. Uh, shame I know about the result because I would have really popped for that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think that was the only thing that marred WrestleMania 21 just for me is because I knew everything. Well, I didn't know every single move, but obviously I knew all the results. So that's what kind of marred it for me slightly. Um, you know, the the mania after that, I watched it live and I kind of watched it within the first few hours of it coming out ever since without spoilers. Um, and it's, yeah. Yeah, I I absolutely adore WrestleMania 21. I'm not gonna lie, it's not the best WrestleMania, but it just brings back memories for me. Bring back memories. I think that's a I think that's the important thing here about our fandoms, isn't it? It's like it doesn't really matter when you started watching, or if it was any good or not. If it just got you watching, that's the main thing. Yeah, I totally agree. It's about the feeling you had when you first watched it. Mm. Your first may not be your best, but you'll remember it. Yep. It was very painful for me. And oh sorry, r- wrong thing. Wrong thing again. God damn it, Broderick. God damn it. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, uh, <laughs> thanks for uh sharing those stories, guys. Um I would just uh yeah, I I kind of ruined that segment again. Apologies. So up next is the return of Ring of Dishonor just after this short break. Hey you if you like the podcast, then remember to like the Holy Shoe Wrestling Podcast on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Holy Shoe Pot. Do it! Do it now! Guess what's back? Back again. Ring Dishonor's back. Tell all your friends to download this motherfucking podcast. 
Anyway, it's the return of the Ring of Dishonor. For those who haven't joined us on the pod before, it's like Room 101, but wrestling in an audio format. Each week, one of us will nominate something that they would like to see enter the Ring of Dishonor. The other people on the podcast will decide if it is worthy, or shall we say unworthy enough, to enter the Ring of Dishonor. Thought I'd just add that effect in. Jason, please spin the wheel to see who has something to submit this week. Sure, one second. Just going to start spinning the wheel. I'm afraid the wheel has lost its voice today, just like I'm struggling with mine. One second. And the winner of the spin is Broad. Oh, fuck. Oh, oh anyway. I, I had to come up with this last minute, guys, but I do have something. Something that's really annoyed me in recent weeks, and that is Lacey Evans. Walk in. No, seriously, why? I mean, why? Why, 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 why? I mean, I just don't get... Here's my argument here. I just don't get what this is supposed to do. It doesn't get heat. It doesn't get her over. It doesn't do anything for her. Nobody is talking about Lacey Evans after the show, except for me right now. But she's the epitome of a beige character, a pointless character, and it feels like, just like the rest of these NXT call-ups, they have no idea what they're doing with her. No, that's all I got. I I, I just think she's... I, I think she deserves better. I, I don't think she's fantastic or anything, but she deserves better than just walking out every Raw and SmackDown doing fuck all. I think I saw a good Reddit thread about Lacey Evans is actually a ghost and she's doomed to repeat the same experience over and over. And it somehow ties into her eventually... <laughs> And at WrestleMania, she beats Undertaker, and now she takes over the supernatural gimmick. That's what I think is happening. I believe what I read on Reddit must be correct. Wow. Um, Chen, do you have anything to add? (laughs) I mean, it's getting bloody tiring, but I'm sure we'll see her first match on Raw or at WrestleMania in the Women's Battle Royal or something like that. I don't know. You guys, I like, I like her character. I think she, her, her character has potential to be something great on the so, main roster. But what's her wrestling ability like? She's so you're not an avid NXT watcher. That's no. uh, okay. So she was average on NXT. She she definitely improved. Uh, she's better than some of the prospects that have come through. Yeah, in... she's, she's not like top of the class, but she wouldn't be bottom either. I guess at least yeah. from what we saw of her in NXT. But she didn't have a huge amount of NXT matches, to be fair. And she did I, do great work with Dakota Kai and Kairi Sane. Well, I say great work, but she did she did hold up her end of the match. Like I wouldn't give like she did appear in the Royal Rumble match, but I wouldn't say she got the ability to show off what she could do. I think her finisher, the woman's right, which is essentially the WMD, um, is bad, but it's bad in a good way just because of the name. I just wouldn't change that and. I did like a gimmick a lot, like your nasties and all that. And they've even changed it. Here's another thing I'll put into the Ring of Dishonor, just the sassy Southern Belle. Fucking why? <laughs> just Why can't she be the lady of Raw, lady of SmackDown? That would have been... You could even have a story of Becky Lynch, the man versus the lady. Or with, you know, with Charlotte Flair, the queen versus the lady. Or with Asuka, the empress versus the lady. It just writes itself, you know? Instead, no, she has to be the sassy Southern Belle because Vince McMahon has to overcomplicate things except for names. <sighs> I will I will say this. So, yeah, first of all, I do remember her performance in the Rumble and I was very, very impressed. You're the only um, one. 
Speaking of her character, I she reminds me of what Lana was when she was doing the whole Russian gimmick with Rusev, like her promos and everything. And no, I was. Lana. I don't know. I think I think Lacey Evans. Like you may hate her, bro, but she's gonna be a big hit. Okay, so to clarify, I don't hate her. I just hate the way she's being booked right now. There's a vast difference. So I think she's okay. I don't think she's an exceptional talent. She's if if women were allowed to have a mid card, lower card, and main event level, she'd be solid mid card in my opinion. Um, but anyway, besides the point, my point is just the fact it's a stupid walking thing that's happening right now. Right, it's you stupid. Want, you want us to vote? I say it doesn't go in the ring of dishonor because it's working it keeps her talking and it's her way of She's staying irrelevant it's, it's her way of staying relevant <sighs> um, I'm gonna have to I can't put this into the ring of honor because I haven't seen it play out yet I need to know where this is going before I can make such a decision this could be part of some masterful long-term booking so I have to agree. I can't put this in the ring of dishonor. Lacey is safe, and her walk. In one month's time, I'll do a Theresa May and bring this back to the table, right? And <laughs> we're gonna have a revote <laughs> when you find out she's like the next SmackDown Women's Champion. Or actually, no, she's not. When when she does fuck all, but I'll just say the same thing, but slightly different. Like Lacey Evans strutting. Could put it to a vote, not a people's vote, but we'll put it to a vote. Anyway. There you have it. That is the latest. Um, well, it's not the latest entrance to the Ring of Dishonor. Actually, it doesn't get another victim this week. Um, so that wraps it up. So that um, wraps it up, guys. Before we sign off, I know I haven't been on the pod for like a while. Huh? I just want to say I'm all for Kofi Mania. Oh boy. Oh, I think we. I think this might be a discussion some point before WrestleMania. Um. As you can tell by my Kofi, reaction, I'm Kofi, Kofi, Kofi. Wow. Okay. Cool. Um. You know, j- bunch of bandwagoners. Anyway, that wraps it up for this edition of Holy Shoot. Uh, thank you for Chen for his interruption. But anyway, join us next time for the worst of WrestleMania, and hopefully a little going to Mania too, time permitting, of course. But in the meantime, remember to subscribe to us on all good podcast outlets. Drop us a five-star review where possible and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Holy Shoot Pod. And that's the bottom line as this pod says so. Da-da-da-da-da. Da-da.